0: September twenty fourth, two thousand twenty one. This is Ablecraft episode ten. And I'm Abel Kirby, and I'm Sir Spencer. Back at you one more time. I think we're going to start recording on Fridays uh, regularly, just based on our pre-show conversation. Uh, so maybe we'll update uh, the public on that because uh, we've been doing, we've been trying to do Thursdays for a while. There's nothing special about Thursdays; it's just right. the day we picked. So. There's a lot of stuff, though, uh, especially if we do in the morning on Friday, we can still get out before podcasting 2.0, uh, which is always nice to do. Yeah, yeah. Just but, be a little bit, uh, just leading. Yeah. So I had a, I was getting some work done this week, too, uh, work of all different kinds, uh, including work for uh, our podcasting 2.0 stuff, our Bobcat stuff, and uh, one thing that I really jumped into was this Boostagram, Boost- receiving Boostagrams. Oh, Awesome. And, I've been playing uh, with that this week as well, so I'm interested to see yeah. what you've been doing. Yeah, so I started with the script on GitHub that was the uh, uh, extract TL extract LV, but it's like ext- extract TLV, you know, is yeah. the name of the script. And yep. so I installed that, and I said, well, first I read the code inside. I said, oh, this is kind of funky. Um, it is definitely a proof of concept, as Dave Jones said on. Uh, uh, the uh, podcast index social. The thing that I don't like about that the of, of many things which I'm a little cold on the one thing is that it's tied into some service that I don't want to use, which is the uh, yeah this email subscription service where you can post something and then it pops up on your phone. It's like, I don't need that. I don't care about that. Um, so I kind of looked at the code and I got uh I actually got it working, um, though I didn't go through the last step of getting it pushed. But the I push did. Over, the yeah. pushover section. I did get it to run on my Raspberry Blitz. And so, you know, did did you get that far with it? So I installed uh, just by, you know, following along with the
1: how to mm-hmm. or the readme file. I got everything cloned and installed. And I did make a pushover thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, pushover. That was it. And I got my API key and my user key yep. pl- plugged into the definitions there in the Python script. Um, I never actually got a a notification from it. I also did set up a cron job, a cron
0: tab to, you know, check it every five minutes. Did you get the macaroon, Um, uh, the macaroon loaded in and the, um, So
1: with the the macaroon, that's another thing I was wondering and I messaged Dave and he didn't get back to me, uh, yet. But the, under node details, there's like macaroon location, TLS, TLS cert location and node address. Mm Mm-hmm. And I those top three lines are commented out and the bottom three lines are um, showing. And I just switched that because the top three say local Raspbi Blitz. So I basically uncommented those top three. (laughs) And and then it worked? And hit the bottom three. It doesn't work still. Oh, yeah. For local host, I just plugged in the base IP. I don't know if I need to append a... Um,
0: usually a port number to that or not for localhost you usually use that uh that ip address that's reserved Uh, okay well that's what i plugged in yeah that thing i'm gonna look like an idiot because i can't it's like 127.0.0.1 uh if i remember right i'm i'm not a sysadmin oh Uh, i thought i thought you wanted your dedicated ip address
1: like the the nodes dedicated like the one that you would type in to log on to it- Thunderhub or whatever from your local machine or, mm-hmm. like, the one you'd
0: SSH into. That's the one I use, but maybe that's why it doesn't work. For, for I think localhost host is a special meaning, and I'm thinking I did take networking in, uh, in college. Uh, it was part of the curriculum there, and I remember that that was covered back in there. It was um, There's certain IP address ranges which are reserved for, like, special features, and so, uh-huh. like, the whole anything that starts with a 10 is not Internet routable, and there's a couple other things like that. Um, gotcha and one of them is there's the 127.0.0.1 i think there's a whole block of them is the ip address which only bounces back to the computer that uh whatever when you try and write that uh, a packet out to your um, network adapter card what it does is if it sees that ip it just shoots it right back to you
1: it's like the home the default home yeah it's
0: like uh it's like the echo (laughs) you could think of so if you have a program on your computer and uh maybe it's designed to talk to a web server where you type in the IP well any if if you run the web server on the same computer that you're running this program trying to talk to it that's the uh, the address that you should put in that'll get it routed right it's um, just like the uh, ip version of me yeah it translates to me <laughs> yeah it's it's something along the lines of that um but mm-hmm. i got my macaroon. i i did the export operation through ssh through the raspberry blitz menu i went inside and uh, got it copied into a folder and i don't know i kept screwing around with the the permissions in the uh uh some of the python libraries that you needed to have set up beforehand to get it to work especially sure. the what was it the google um the serialized uh protocol google
1: thing apis or something
0: yeah so they have this special uh, uh protocol where i don't know how to describe it. it it's the idea is that instead of having um what you do is you describe the message uh, in kind of an abstract way, and then on the machine you're going to use it, you compile it. Um, so it's not like it's a Python library. You can just do like a pip install. You have to get all this stuff in and then actually uh, compile it. It's I don't know. It's an extra pain in the butt, but um, it's neither here nor there. Eventually what I did is as I started looking at, you know, what workflow do I really want to use? You know, do I want to SSH into this thing and get, get – download the messages to a file, and then suck them over to my computer. I, what I found out was that in our Ride the Lightning, um, there is a way to just export your, uh, your invoices. If you go oh, to the nice. invoice tab you, on uh, Lightning, and you can download them as a little file, and you can get 100 at a time, so you can get like the 100 last. So I don't know if that's a great solution if you get more than 100 transactions. Uh, uh, you know, if you have a lot of volume, you might not catch everything. But what I was doing, and I just tried this the other day to make sure it still worked, is I just got the file, and I have a Python script on my computer that I run, and it looks for uh, anything in there that has this custom uh, JSON in it, and then you have to you have to know what the TLV uh, val uh, like the the codes that represent uh, different things inside the TLV. They're the key codes, um, and that was hard to find too. So there's on Satoshi's dot stream on their GitHub, they have yeah. something that's called the TLV regist- record registry, it, and all these keys are like numbers. So it's like um, um, five four eight two three seven three four eight four might be the uh, the key of a message that's embedded in the uh, in the invoice, and you need to know that that is the key send that that contains all the information from the key send pre image or if you have a chat message it's going to be like 34349334 is a chat message but a um, you know json encoded metadata which is i think the thing that i was really looking for was the 7629 like they're all numbers right yeah it's... you need the decoder ring and the decoder ring wasn't on <laughs> podcastindex.org it was on someone else's github so there's my complaint it oh. took it took a way too long to uh, to find this thing it should have been right up front uh, maybe there's a link to it I didn't know it was called the TLV Record Registry, so I couldn't search for that. I was I ended up searching for uh, some of the codes and they never showed up anywhere. So,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I'm just a baby when it comes to TLVs. I'm just like copy pasting this code. I don't really know how to play with it or yeah. even make it work. Um, I know that this uh, this Python script that Dave wrote it includes looking at three there's an array of three tlvs and it's numbers like you're saying and i don't mm-hmm. know if that if they're just looking for key sins from certain apps that do boostograms or what that code is for but it's like 7629171 is the first
0: one and yeah. you know similarly they're just three numbers that's that are seemingly uh, that's random. that's the tip note slash destination uh is gotcha. what the, the name of that one is and there's some documentation about what's supposed to be in it, what fields are supposed to be in it. But it's it, it wasn't on the podcasting uh, podcast index uh, page, which bugged me a little bit. I did find it eventually. I got everything decoded, um, all the stuff that I cared about anyway, uh, in a little Python script so I can ingest that file I downloaded. And it just prints out the messages and the timestamp and who it was from, uh, if there was a sender name in there.
1: Well, you'll have to share with me your uh, your solution there mm. because I also... I'm not that crazy about some third-party service I've never used pushover. Yeah. Uh, and so far, I'm at zero messages sent out of 10,000 <laughs> allowed. And still, I refreshed every once in a while being like, well, maybe yeah, I never... work now, but no. Yeah. There's... No, and I'd like to be able to read my boostograms because I know I'm getting
0: them. Yep. The, uh, the demo script that should exist, and maybe this is what we need to modify... Uh that code on the podcast index to do is inside your ssh client you run the script and then it just prints out the newest boostergrams to console i think that's because that's yeah, simple oh, yeah. right then you yeah can, <laughs> and you just do a simple look up from your
1: own machine and yeah when yeah. you want to look it up then you look it up and then you're not getting pinged of notifications all yeah. the time and you know because i just need to look them up once a week when i read the donations off
0: I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of more complicated things oh there could be a website you go to you know a, a page sure. you, you open up and it shows you all, here's your boostgram inbox on your node right okay well that's another project i'm just if talking could
1: facebook messenger me
0: <laughs> it uh what it does In is the it, middle of the night it prints it out and it and it loads it up onto a drone the drone flies up <laughs> and then it opens a door and a pigeon flies out and the pigeon flies over to where it's going, but it's intercepted by a guy doing semaphore. And these are trained <laughs> pigeons. And so it transmits the uh, the address of the routing facility. Okay, yes. Perfect. Yeah, Now we're talking for real. Yeah.
1: Speaking of talking for real, uh, I sent you a message on a new way to communicate that I didn't even know the nodes could do. And it's funny because these boostograms, when I when they first started talking about them on podcasting two um, I I had been looking through transaction histories and noticed that some of these invoices have a little comment bubble beside them in ThunderHub. Yeah, like, it's, oh I, wow, I got it. By the way, it's a little message in there. Yeah. So okay, you got it.
0: Yep. That's good. The, well, uh, I saw I saw one message from ThunderHub and it said, "Hey, I'm like, hey, I'm just testing things." Is yeah. I. I I thought it was either you or someone there's one other guy who I thought it might be but okay I wasn't sure who it came from
1: It was me and it was me Funny enough there's uh a... and now I'm looking at I'm looking at ThunderHub in the browser and I'm not seeing Oh, that's why. So there is a chat tab and uh-huh. if you are looking at it in a mobile phone Um, it's just in the menu. You keep scrolling to the right, and there's a chat with a little comment bubble Mm -hmm. icon. In Thunderhub, if you open it on a browser, it's one of the top buttons, and it doesn't say anything, but there's just a little chat bubble. Mm -hmm. And so you can do new chat, or you can look at your chats, and uh, you can chat with any of the peers that you have, and it just basically attaches a comment to a one-sat payment. And it's similar in concept to Sphinx, but just much more simple. Hmm. because it's just node-to-node. And it's funny because I'm loading my chats right now and it seems pretty primitive because I can't see any of the sent chats that I've actually sent. Like um, Hmm. The first one that came in, it confused me. And so I had to... I even posted on No Agenda Social like... Hey, I don't know who's trying this, but it worked. Because it was just like, uh, you know, testing, testing, is this thing on type yeah. of thing. <laughs> and then finally, the, I fixed my email. And so I got the email from the guy that had set that up. Oh, yeah? Uh, it was like a two-week-old email. And so I had to apologize for that. But then he was like, yeah, there's a chat feature in Thunderhub. And it just kind of blew my mind. So I looked it up. But yeah.
0: uh,
1: I have to play a little bit more with that. Because, um, like I said, I'm not seeing any of my
0: messages now. Like, I, I don't see the one I sent to you. I got the message when I was sifting through everything the other day. Uh, I'm trying to find it right now because I want to read it back and and figure out what that uh what the um the number associated with it was, whether it was a a booster or it was some other message type. But yeah, it came I, up. It, it I, I have it set to parse everything and I dumped everything to a text log, and I'm try, trying to find it in there.
1: It's definitely different than. Um, A boostogram because when I test boostograms, I will get the boost in the invoice, but there's no chat bubble. So there's no, like, whatever it's doing or however it's identifying itself to Thunderhub is different. Yeah. And I also don't know if it's Thunderhub specific or, like, you know.
0: Hmm well i like, can't find it i keep i wanted to read it on here but uh gotta it's, love it right it's because it's so buried inside all these other uh i don't i don't have it set to filter anything yet so it's just uh a bunch of streams you know oh you got a message for streaming and uh oh testing out a thunderhub chat to ya there it is yeah i got it um and it came in i don't know i got the whole raw thing i i can't decode it right now <laughs> But I see the message. I saw it come yeah. through so there, there you go. go. It
1: worked. It's just no from. It's funny too because both of my nodes are pretty obvious uh, aliases. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I have bull after bull and bull after bull raspy. I, I So, I think you have to resolve the name in some way because when I see the the sender, I it doesn't say like curry cash or it doesn't say uh podcasting sure. 2.0 inside the record. I somehow that gets changed from like the the uh, you know the public address of whoever sent that out to sure it's just to a, a public... name and I, I don't know how that's resolved yet so it's still... maybe it just shows your public key instead of your uh, alias well I think it's your public key or it might be a transaction ID or something like that I'm not sure I don't know what it is I I'm still learning man I'm working on it awesome so yeah and all while I was debugging this like I sent the Boostagram to myself and. I looked for it and I couldn't find it. And the reason I couldn't find it is it kept getting buried. Someone was listening to uh, to Ablecraft while I was working on it, and so while I was trying to debug it, I was uh, it's it's like trying to fix your car while you're rolling down the highway. You know, <laughs> trying to get something done, yep. and, and uh, I keep getting uh, all this other stuff spanned. And I shouldn't complain, you know. They're sending me stats, stats, but uh, right, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Uh... It, it surprised me at first because I, I started seeing stuff, you know, it's just unexpected. So what the hell is going on? Oh, I'm getting paid.
1: Oh, uh, well. Boobs in the chat brings up a important kind of question about uh, live internet performances factoring into our Bobcat Index uh, <laughs> project. And I think with the development of the live tag that they're doing right now, which is pretty mu- pretty imminent, mm-hmm. we definitely want to be able to integrate that in our project too, don't we?
0: Yeah. Um so the project we're on now, I'm worried about scope creep. I'm at the point where I want to cut songs from our recording sure <laughs> uh, just so we could get this the shindig out. Um because there's some songs that are kind of weak and they're harder to get done and there's some songs which I know we can just bang out real fast. Right. And I kind of want to go towards what we can complete right now. Uh, so I'm not planning on building a live uh, concert engine, uh, but if the when the li- live tag gets formalized, uh, and if I ever convince Cold Acid to actually get a node up, then I want to have a live tag on Rare Encounter for sure. Especially because we do that on the sure. agenda stream, and uh, you know it's should be possible. There's no reason that if you can if you can podcast live and have streaming payments, you should be able to do a concert live or a or a jam session live. I uh, I guess where I'm at on it is
1: they're about to try the live. It might be in the next couple of weeks from what I'm hearing on the uh, podcast 2.0. When they do it, I also, just like, like you, you, I want to have bull after bull implementing the live and using and receiving sats live yeah. or at least have the ability to do that because uh, it's something that people have asked about in my chat while I'm live mm.
0: like,
1: for months now. Uh, So once they they greenlight that, absolutely do it. And then like you said, it shouldn't be that hard to translate the podcast into some sort of a live performance. The limiting factor I found performing live on the internet is it's very tough to collaborate. So you'd have to be like a one-man show
0: or a DJ or have everybody... broadcasting from one spot yeah you have to be in the same location for that and we found that out because we did some jams uh, way earlier in the year back in march i think that's right we were doing some uh some stuff and it was a little you know hit or miss <laughs> but some of it came out well some of it was like eh, this was like a bunch of morons hitting things you know hitting pots <laughs> and pants <laughs> and carplanes was there as a was in on that too that was a lot of fun
1: that's true
0: well, the big news in podcasting 2.0 world is something we've been expecting for a long time, which is this Twitter uh, lightning integration. Right. Did you see that story? It was Jack Mahler's had it posted up on Medium. I haven't seen that. Yeah. It's, um, I, was he-
1: I was hearing some buzz about it finally being implemented, but I haven't read anything yet. It is
0: official. It's implemented for iOS users right now. Uh, they say Android will be coming soon, and it's, it uses Strike. The Strike API integration is pulled into the Twitter tip engine. Uh, Now I don't use Twitter anymore, uh, but I understand sometime after I deleted my account, they introduced tips. And Hmm. uh, my big question is if they're going to make it a complete walled garden or if a Twitter user will be able to um, send a payment to someone who's not a Twitter user. And that's something I'm a little concerned about because I don't want to be a Twitter user, but it'd be nice if Twitter users could pay me. Right. I don't want to have a Twitter account just so I can buy a pizza with lightning, you know?
1: See, I I deleted my own personal Twitter account, but I still have Bull After Bull's Twitter account that I haven't deleted. Yeah. So if there's anything that I, like, need to look at or feel... I mean, obviously there's nothing you need on Twitter, but... uh,
0: You've got to think about... You know how how does Silicon Valley culture work? What are what are their uh, what are they uh, you know their their track record for this kind of thing? Are they going to let someone outside of their system in? I don't think they are. I think no. uh, I think it's Twitter is going to be oh you can you can use our system to send payments to other Twitter users, and you know anyone outside of us could be a terrorist, uh, and so you're not allowed to uh, send money to them. Right. Maybe, maybe use some other app for that. Is I think what they're going to say.
1: Well, I think that their model is just you know use our nice slick UI and we'll take a cut of the profits and we'll have
0: a hundred percent rights to all of the data <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't it know will... if I don't know if they're taking a cut yet but I'm sure the if they really get traffic uh, on this then I'm sure they'll take something
1: you've got to imagine they want to cut
0: yeah so they've already used it um there were some videos of someone sending um i think it was about ten dollars worth of bitcoin and, and so they show fiat in the app uh they don't say how many satoshis it is uh from uh chicago to el salvador and then a guy uh at the mcdonald's it was a mcdonald's or starbucks i can't remember and he goes and he buys a, a latte with it instantly you know so it's uh it's working beautiful it's a it's a compelling video if especially if you've ever tried to move money around uh internationally it's uh compelling oh, to see it happen that fast.
1: It can take days if everything goes right you yeah know?
0: yeah um, as far as music go well let's see what else do we have uh, there's a new proposal in the uh, it was a Mitch downey proposal in the podcast index um, you know proposed tag for podcast credentials required is the name of the tag and it is a tag that says that you need to have a username and password. Uh, or some other kind of credential in order to access this uh, feed. So for like a private or a premium feed or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, The proposal is up there on GitHub. Uh, I read through it. It doesn't have like pseudocode in it. It just has, I guess it has a little bit, but it's just a uh, a description of, hey, this is how I think it should work. But um, there's not a lot of uh, talk about it yet. I just wanted to mention it. I don't have an opinion on this because it's not something I plan to use. It's there, I'm sure interesting. people want to people want to comment on it. You can go read the proposal yeah i could I could see a use for that, but again,
1: like you i, I wouldn't be I probably wouldn't be using it at least for the projects I'm doing right now. Hmm. maybe for the uh smutcaster, the smutcaster
0: smut <laughs> in so, the in the future. Someone else would be useful. I heard uh I'm trying to remember who who said they were working on uh, something like that. It's the uh you know only fans with lightning. And there's got to be yeah. a dozen people working on something like that. There's three
1: or, there's like three or four uh, tribes in Sphinx that uh, are oriented to that. The problem with Sphinx is um, there's just not really a cohesive uh, experience, I guess. And people seem to get burned out pretty quickly. And it also is not constantly pulling you back in with notifications all the time. Hmm. Um also the different apps seem to perform slightly differently so depending on which app you're using you might you know not even be seeing certain messages so yeah it's it's so it's so early and so alpha that uh it's kind of hard to build momentum there <laughs> although I'm not giving up on it by any means like I still have a lot of fun in in the little, little niche tribes that I find but um there's just like this participation factor that
0: hasn't quite crossed a threshold yet yeah it's not you know what discord really has is that participation factor though the problem with discord uh, i've said this privately to some people it's just the i don't know it, it it feels really it feels fake in the way that twitter feels fake you know you the, it's nice that there's a lot of people on it but yeah. it's like i don't know I don't like the idea that there's a central company governing it, and that yeah. they'll cut you off anytime uh, for any reason. and if you go and look at some of the uh, some of the people who were developing bots for it, there was some screed someone had uh, had about a I think it was the discord.py um, library, which was something you could use to have a, a bot written in Python go and anyway, uh, because of the way they're handling their their developers and by handling, I mean treating like shit um the guy just upped and left he said yeah i'm uh, i'm done repo's closed uh you can clone it if you want but i'm not de- i'm not developing it anymore and i'm not giving it away and here's why and he goes he, he had a really good screed on uh what's wrong with discord and, and just the flippant way that they dismiss all the developers and enthusiasts that they showed in some of the chat logs I saw It's like, come on these are just you know douchebags running the thing what do you expect right. to happen
1: yeah, I don't know, man. Discord—it's just another—it's uh, just another one of those apps, you know. It's <laughs> you just got a pile of apps. I always felt
0: that it was more kind of gamer oriented, anyway. Yeah, that's. Well, it's not just uh, be- so. Full disclosure: the reason I'm, I have Discord on the mind is because I had to go open a new Discord account because um, I've been doing freelance audio work, and a lot of the work that I'm doing is for groups that are coordinated on discord and so i have to have an account so i can go talk to these people and and talk to them bid on jobs and stuff like that so i had to make a a discord account and it's you know the the thing that got to me And this is just a little thing when you they have a flyer that comes up and says are you a student come join your student portal for the university you're at and this is in Discord. It's like, oh, wow, now I know it's really dead, you know? It's like having the punk club at Oxford, you know? It's like, come on, this isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> Clinging on. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to say, I guess sellout might be the right, I don't know, it's just, Discord is such a bad experience for me. Yeah. Uh, but you have to use it, because that's where everyone is, and I'm sure Twitter is going to be like that. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have to get a Twitter account again, too. Oh, well. In the meantime, I have been working on uh some music stuff. I got the drums you sent me, the MIDI data cool, and I was processing that the other day um, I have uh I think all the kick drums are done the snare drums i have to some of the fills are kind of they either got snapped wrong or they're off time or something so I have to it, yeah snaps I was the wrong noticing
1: order. the the build in particular there's that like build near the end mm-hmm. and uh i don't know how i sh- i think i shifted the timeline wrong and then i tried to re-quantize it and then i messed ah. it up even worse and then i tried to put it back where it was and it was still not well you don't have to quantize it i was just it. like uh, i was like i'll just let abel figure this out uh i might just re-record it too but mm. uh that's always another option i'm already working on it so uh, it's... it's if you want to re- part that it sounds like more off than the rest of it, you know. You're just like, "What the hell happened there?"
0: Yeah, I I heard that and I that was one of the things that took a little longer, but I, once I got in in time, uh it seems like it's it it actually sounds a lot better now.
1: Okay. Um, That's a relief. I just assumed you'd work your magic Yeah,
0: there's been sections like that for every song, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, I I did my uh my thing. I brought the uh the hi-hats way down on it. Oh, um, sure, yeah. But, the but hi-hats uh What I did is I I uh went and really dragged them out too because like i said before one of the things i could do with the metals in uh in east west uh play which is the goliath is the name of the library it's made by a company called east west and the vst that it's hosted in is called play uh so there's <laughs> it's it's a little complicated but that's uh that's all the software involved uh it has a way for like symbol hits if you make the MIDI note longer then they'll uh, resonate longer and so sure, I really yeah. pulled those out and they're kind of saturated. So they kind of bleed into each other. And it sounds a lot better. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'll send you a, I'll send you a clip of it uh, later today when I'm, uh, when I'm back on it. All right. But it's that, and the, the stereo image is what I've been working on. And that's something that's a little trickier. And I wanted to, did we talk about stereo imaging on here before? I don't think so. No. Um, do you know? Have any idea what that is? It's a term that gets thrown around a lot, but stereo imaging. Yes, yeah, stereo image. The stereo oh. image of a sound. I sure don't. Yeah, yeah. So this is something I wanted to do. I'm going to try not to ramble on this for a little while, uh, but uh, I'm going to try and explain some of this. Uh, the idea of a stereo image is when you have. A, uh, a sound maybe it's recorded with stereo overheads or or maybe it's even just a, a guitar part and when you record say a guitar with a single mic um it's mono right so there's only one right. channel there's no stereo information and then say you wanted to move that uh you make the guitar sound like it was coming over from kind of the left the typical way or the the naive way you might do that is take the pan knob and actually turn it over to the left. That's that's a no no. You don't actually want to do a hard pan like that. Um, it, the reason is is it's not um, doesn't reflect the physical way sound moves, uh, or the the directional information that's in sound. It just it actually ruins it. What you did is you just you said, well, it used to be playing equally through the left and right speakers, and now it's just going to play through the left speaker, and it it really doesn't sound good at all. Um, the stereo imaging approach is the basic idea is that you're going to realize that different frequencies have uh are are localized differently in space and so things like low frequency information like a kick drum or a bass track they really have to be they're, they're almost completely mono and the reason that they are is because the wavelengths are so long the the phase difference between your left and right ear is really small you can't yep. you can't really perceive uh, the direction it's coming from because well the information just isn't in the signal. And if you take a signal like that and you pan it all the way to the left, you get an unphysical experience where you have uh, something playing through one, one channel, you know, through one ear of your headphones and you don't hear it on the other side, which isn't really what happens. So the idea of stereo imaging is really like a, a frequency dependent shift. Hmm. Uh, so you have, uh, or a frequency dependent pan. So you, what you'll have is say for a guitar part, you might have the low notes on the guitar will be kind of in the center, maybe not have a lot of width to them at all. You know, they're basically mono, but then the higher stuff, the, uh, the harmonics and the reverb and things like that um, can actually be hard panned or not hard panned, but, you know, depending on it, as you go higher and higher in frequency, they're panned more and more to the left. And it, it has that effect of making it actually sound like it's coming from a direction and getting some of that stuff to sound right is difficult. Cause you need to be in a quiet room with good monitors and you try it with headphones on. Then you try it without headphones on and, and uh, that's picking the frequencies where I want to cut it off and listening to it and say, I don't know, is that too much? I don't know. And you, you listen to this same track over and over and over and suddenly become dull to, to what you're hearing and you can't tell if it's good or not anymore. Right. You have to go take a break. So uh, that's the, the two cent rundown on, uh on, the basics of stereo imaging, and when you get a stereo track like these symbols, like when you hit your symbol, you know, I get a MIDI data that says play uh, play the symbol sample, and when it plays, it's actually a stereo track because uh, it was recorded with stereo overheads. So there's a little bit more to it, where I, I might actually want to sum them or. Maybe what I want to do is put the left channel in the center and then only use the right channel, uh, you know, blend it in a little bit later at higher frequencies. I keep trying different things, trying to see what effect I can make. And uh, I don't know. That's one of the one of the creative parts of mixing. Just picking where something is in yeah. in the stereo image is a whole, uh, you know, it's been hours and hours on it. It's a whole job and you didn't even write the me you know this is just on what's this this one symbol sound like you know
1: right this
0: one hat sound like so anyway um i'm looking at the chat cuz now we're live wow we could actually take questions I got boobery in the chat talking back to us this is great uh <laughs> while you're
1: looking at that uh i did want to say cuz i'm not really recording anything else today but today's a special day uh-huh. uh huh uh 10 years ago today i met lorian for the first time yeah so we're we got like a special day planned out but it's like uh it's a wild milestone man it's
0: yeah and con- congratulations thank you and thanks for having me on uh the other day It was great to meet her for the first time oh
1: yeah yeah the old bulls with buds yeah. that was that was fun thanks for coming on
0: yeah well congratulations and and uh pass my congratulations on to uh to her too i will absolutely <laughs> And and I hear you're going out to a special restaurant. Was it Wendy's? Oh, yeah. We're going to have some Wendy's. Oh,
1: man. That was the first first place we ever ate together on our way to the cannabis revival in Joplin, Missouri. Oh, jeez. I told my kids, let's go to Wendy's on Friday because that's where your mom and I first fell in love. There you go. I uh, do this thing at most fast food restaurants where... Um, you know the ketchup little cup, the little thimble of ketchup is always too small uh-huh. and ridiculous. So what I usually do is I grab a large lid for the cups, and I'll flip that upside down on a napkin, and I'll just put ketchup <laughs> in that, and just fill it. Just it's just a disgusting looking upside oh, down boy. lid with ketchup on it. And so uh, when I did that, she was kind of like she had an eyebrow cocked at me, like <laughs> and she she knew you were the one, like this guy. <laughs> She's like, did you get enough ketchup, you know? Oh, Lord. I think secretly inside she was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> but she couldn't show it, you know what I mean? She was uh, like, just, she had to have the tough exterior. To play hard I thought to she get. was older. I thought she was older when I met her than she was, man. Oh, she no. was just 17. Uh-oh. You
0: know what I mean.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, she was 17 for the first three weeks that I knew her.
0: I thought you were both in school.
1: We were. Yeah. I had dropped out the semester before she showed up and she was 17 and a freshman. Okay. There you it's her go. Her birthday's in October. So uh-huh. I was like, you can Facebook friend me once you're 18. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. But we can still hang out. <laughs> Jeez. I hope you have a great, uh, great anniversary uh, day today. Thanks. It should be fun. Yeah. Um,. Next time, uh, people, you'll have the report I think on uh, on uh, bowl after bowl on uh... Tuesday night. Yes, yeah, you can hear all about it. <laughs> oh boy! Well, for uh, for Ablecraft, do you get anything else you want to bring up on here?
1: Um, that exhausts my notes here that I had written down. Although, actually. I should just mention that I am all caught up on the podcasting 2.0 because I know the last two shows you've been like,
0: did you hear the latest one? Yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: so yeah, now I'm all I'm all read into the Tiny Tim situation and the, uh, um, yeah, the Tiny Tim Fr- Friar Hass was a great uh, <laughs> guest last week too. By the way, uh, yeah, he's interesting. But old Tiny Tim, yeah, that kind of blew my mind when he was like dropping all of that knowledge, and I was like. At first, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm this uh, radical libertarian, and my wife's kind of a liberal hack. Not really, but like, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's like divulging a lot. But then he went all the way deeper, and I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Wow. Well, like moment with Dave Jones here.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh, something to look forward to in the next episode. I always like listening to more Dave Jones. Uh, Podcasting yeah. 2.0 records later today, so uh, I don't think... Uh, I'll be looking forward to it this afternoon. I'm ready.
1: I'm ready for the live experience. I'm going to be in on that. All right.
0: Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Sir Spencer. Adios.